Welcome to the Aaron Church Podcast, where our mission is bringing life to everyone, everywhere, every day. Each podcast episode features the latest talk from our church, which are released weekly. We're passionate about Jesus, love to worship together, and are committed to changing our community for the better. Connect with us at aaronchurch.com. So today, as Mikey gave an incredible introduction to today's talk, um, and the topic that I've been given is blessed are the content, as I'm going to race through this because we've not got much time and we've heard a lot so far. So if, I, um, if you don't understand what I'm saying, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to miss out some bits and pieces. So really quickly, we are doing the Beatitudes. That's the Sermon on the Mount. This happens right at the beginning of Jesus's ministry, which is part of what makes the Beatitudes so important because it's the beginning of his ministry. This is the first time um, that we have an account of him speaking. So what he says matters it always matters but this is the first um, sermon that we have uh, uh, that we that we are able to see so what he says matters what's he doing with the beatitudes he is bringing his kingdom and he's turning society upside down by what he's bringing by these things are things we've heard before so sometimes they can lose the power at the time they were heard they were life changing life altering they were new messages these people wouldn't have heard it says in Matthew that he was speak that Jesus was speaking to his disciples but really what that's talking about there is only his four disciples that he'd called who were fishermen and multitudes of people large crowds of people it tells us in Matthew 4 before that that a big part of that crowd was people who were poor and sick and marginalized and in Roman society those people were properly looked down upon there was no welfare state there was no help there was no social housing there was no NHS there was no you know there's absolutely nothing and the Roman rule and hierarchy was up here we're important you guys down there you mean nothing you mean nothing. Your lives mean nothing. Your children's lives mean nothing. You guys mean nothing. So this large crowd who he was speaking to were made up primarily of those people, those people who were in society's eyes unimportant and insignificant without a voice, without a voice. People who had to submit to authority because if they didn't submit to authority, they'd, they'd die or be imprisoned So they had to. So these people were submissive. They were seen as unimportant. They were seen as insignificant. They had the the, the things that they carried and their struggles that they carried. They were ordinary, everyday people, the salt on the earth, many of whom who would be living a hand-to-mouth existence, working to feed themselves and their family, working to feed themselves and their family. So this is who Jesus brings this to. And they're used to hearing message of the important are important, oh, almighty important ones. They were used to hearing, you guys are pretty useless. You guys are rubbish. What's the purpose? What's the point in you? So that's what they were used to hearing from society. And Jesus comes. And like he does, when Jesus turns up in a room, atmospheres change, situations change, lives change. So he turns up and these people are waiting. And he calls them and beckons, come and listen, come and listen. So I'm speaking today on Matthew 5, 5. We've already had um, Becca speak amazingly on blessed are the poor in spirit. And last week, I think we'd agree Becca did a phenomenal job in bringing blessed are those who mourn. And that's different. It's not what they were used to hearing. It's not what they were used to hearing. And today, 
My title that I was given was blessed are the content. So that's Matthew 5, 5. I saw the title and I thought, right, let's get straight into it. Look it up. And as Mikey said, I, I looked up in the NIV version and it said, blessed are the meek. And I was like, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Oh, meek, that's completely different than content. What does that mean? So I quickly thought well, it was probably the message. So I picked up my message uh, Bible translation. Um, for those of you who might not know, the message Bible was written by um, a, a I'm a big fan of his, Eugene Peterson, who um, wrote the Message Bible for his congregation, his small 150 people congregation, for people who didn't know, people who were coming to church and never heard the Bible. So he paraphrases it. So he paraphrased, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth as this. As Mikey said, you're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more or no less. That's when you become the proud owners of everything that can't be bought. Now, I love Eugene Peterson. So I read this and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, how on earth did you get that, Eugene? (laughs) How on earth did you get from blessed are the meek to blessed are, you're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more or no less. Because when I think of meek, I don't think of that. I don't think of a contentment in who you are. I don't know about you, but I've never thought of that. So I began to look at meek and what that means and different, uh, different translations. So as we've read, the message, you're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more or no less. That's when you become the proud owners of everything that can't be bought the NIV and many, many other translations, most translations say, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. And I was thinking, well, okay, so meek, what what does that look like? The amplified version adds another element to that. Blessed, inwardly peaceful, spiritually secure, worthy of respect are the gentle, the kind-hearted, the sweet-spirited, the self-controlled for they will inherit the earth. Gentle, that fits in with my view of meek, that fits in. Gentle, so blessed are the meek, blessed are the gentle. The New Living Translation, God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the whole earth. I think most of us would think of gentleness and humility when we think of meekness. That's what we think of, gentleness and humility. So I was thinking, Okay, so that's, what, that's kind of what meekness is then, that gentleness and humility. And I started to look up dictionary definitions. I'm not going to read you them all. I was going to. But in the dictionary, in lots of different versions of the dictionary, it's different. The, the meaning of meek is different. And I thought that was really interesting because there's not many words that are really different in different dictionaries. So, but the, the overriding themes were gentle and humble, that's what meek means, gentle and humble and kind, low, kind of lowly in spirit was one. But one definition, which I'll talk about in a second, I didn't like, and this one kept coming back again and again and again. Now, when we're, as Christians, we look at the Bible and we want to learn from Jesus. And I'm sure most of us who've been in church know that Jesus was described as meek. Jesus was meek. Also in the Bible, Moses was described as meek. So our biblical characters to look at when we're thinking about meekness are first and foremost Jesus, but also Moses. And that's what we're going to look at that. So I was thinking this in my head when I was looking at the dictionary definitions, Jesus and Moses. And so when I came across this next definition used in dictionaries, I did not like it one bit. And inside it made me actually angry. So it's, it talked about um, meek being overly submissive or compliant and tame. 
And I've got all kind of like this. Jesus, overly submissive, compliant, tame. How dare you call my Jesus tame? I know we've got the lion of, the, 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 sorry, the lamb of God, but we've got the lion of Judah. Tame? That's not how I see Jesus. And I got really kind of, well, he's not submissive. If people are looking at me and think, my Jesus is submissive, they're looking at me thinking we're submissive. What does that mean? We just roll over and take it when people are being mean? Then I began to think, calm down, calm down, Joe. That's how I talk to myself. Calm down, take a breath, think. And so I said, God, what does it, Jesus isn't submissive. I'm just going to ignore that bit of the dictionary definition. And then God said, yes, he was. I was like, What? No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. Jesus submitted to who? Somebody? To his father, to God. Jesus was submissive, but not to man, to God. But the world saw him being submissive to man when he was taken to the cross. They saw, who is this Jesus who says he's the king of the Jews? Look at him. Get yourself off the cross, that's something they said. Get down. As he carried his cross and people watched him. Was he submissive to the world? Well, he was in body. But at any moment, he could have stopped that. He was submitting to the will of his Father in heaven. And if you remember, I remember speaking to, to you guys about this just before Easter, about the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus in absolute agony and pain. God, take this cup from me. And what did he say? Yet not my will, but your will. Utter submission, utter submission under, under God, under his Father. Um... So I could, I could then think, okay, yeah, Jesus did have that side to him. He did have that submissive element, but only to God, only to God. But he was gentle. Yes, of course, we can reconcile with Jesus being gentle. Humble. Yes, we saw that time and time again. Jesus, King, who turned society upside down by coming and doing what he did, washed his disciples dirty, probably some of them a little bit bleeding feet, because you imagine that the I don't know, in the summer with the sand and their feet and the heat, Jesus washed their feet. Jesus touched those who were untouchable. Jesus went to those who society ignored. Jesus touched the sick people who other people might have just kind of gone, I'm going to walk past them. Jesus went up and touched them. Jesus healed people left, right and centre. Jesus um, delivered people from demonic spirits. Those people aren't going to be people that are nice to come close to. You know, you're at Jesus' king, but he's going and serving these people. He's serving them with his whole heart. That's meekness. That's our servant king. That's Jesus. That's meekness. And Moses, how is Moses meek? Well, I think we've done a series on him, haven't we? So we've seen, Jesus, uh, so we've seen Moses this last year at times not believe in who he is. He's like, but me? I stutter and I don't really have anything to say. And me? He ran away. I remember cats talk, didn't he, cat? He ran away. And I won't tell you the details of that. You can go back and listen to that on the podcast. Because he didn't believe in himself. But who did he need to submit to? Who did he need to believe in? It's God. God had asked him to do something. He submitted to God. He put himself there. And he thought of himself as unimportant, insignificant, without a voice, but he submitted to God's will and did what God is asking to him to do, despite feeling unimportant and insignificant. Jesus knew his significance, my goodness. And he said, I am the I am. I am the I am. Jesus knew who he was, but he served humbly and gently and kindly, he's submitting to his father's will. Moses 
didn't know who he was, but he knew who God was. He submitted to himself to God and he walked humbly and gently leading his people, mourning and complaining and grumbling and carried on leading them, mourning and grumbling and complaining and carried on serving God because that's what he'd been asked to do. So meekness. I'm going to read, I'm jumping, I've completely changed the order of everything I'm doing and we're jumping from thing to thing. So I'm going to end, but I'm not ending. So I'm going to go back. But in all the different definitions of meekness that I came across, I didn't like them enough. So I've come up with my own. Joanne Gisby's definition of Christ-like meekness. Find this in uh, the theology library to come. I'm only joking. Um, so this, if, you, if you've got a problem with what I'm going to say, that's okay. I'm all right with that. I'm okay with that. Please come and speak to me. Email me. I, I'm genuine about that. Let's chat. I love a bit of dialogue and a bit of chat. So if you're not sure about what I'm saying, come and, come and challenge me. Maybe not today. We've got a party to get to. But um, please come and challenge me on this. Joanne Gisby's definition of Christ-like meekness. I might say it twice. It's quite long. I apologize. A quiet, gentle, and humble confidence... A confident humility that comes from knowing who you are in God. So you neither need to build yourself up. I'm great. I'm amazing. Or put yourself down. I'm rubbish. I can't do anything. Who says those things sometimes, hey? (laughs) You love your God and you love yourself. Because you love your God and he loves you. So you love yourself. And so you are able to love others building them up with your words and deeds. This humble confidence, please listen to this, some of you. (laughs) I feel like I'm somebody telling off. I felt God say this to me today. Sorry if you feel told off. This This humble confidence does not desire to or have any need to put others down with either words or deeds. You do not need to argue, push or shout your way forward because your life demonstrates your kingdom identity. You are submissive. This is the important bit with this bit. Not just you're submissive. You are submissive when God calls you to be submissive. Yet, you are strong. Listen to this, some of you. And have a voice that carries authority. This is because of your identity as a child of God. You are a child of the king. Your motivation, love for your king. Love for his kingdom. Love for his children. Love for the lost. Your importance lies not in yourself, but in the one you serve. This identity enables you to humbly and gently serve others just as the king you serve served. It frees you to love as the king you love loves. To be meek as Jesus was meek. This is our challenge. This is our challenge. Meekness has gone for me from starting looking at this as gentle humbleness. Oh, lovely. Putting yourself, serving other people, lovely. To a strength that is real and powerful because wonderful Eugene Peterson strikes again (laughs) because it is the oh I'm losing my piece of paper there we go you're blessed when you're content with just who you are who are you a child of the king you're a child of the king you're a child of the king so you don't need to be anymore or any less 
But you're a child of the king. Hey, you're a child of the king. Don't say you can't. Don't say you're rubbish. Someone else said you're rubbish. Well, they lied. Because look what God says. God says you're a child of the king. They lied. Do not listen to that lie. Because what God says is love. So if you are walking in meekness, in humility, you are walking in love. Becca, what you said when you just came up before, that's it. That's it. It's with the power. We're walking with power and the love. So we can serve and we can get down on our hands and knees and help because of who God is and who we are in him. I'm going to read you that one more time. A gentle and humble confidence, a confident humility that comes from knowing who you are in God. So you neither need to build yourself up nor put yourself down. You love God and you love yourself. And so you are able to love others, building them up with your words and deeds. This humble confidence does not desire to or have any need to put others down with either words or deeds. You do not need to argue, push or shout your way forward because your life demonstrates your kingdom identity. You are submissive when? Church, when? God calls you to be submissive. Yet you are strong and I want you all to shout this, please. Are you going to start by going, eh? Just start by shouting. Then we don't have to do it twice. I want you to say you've got a voice. Okay? You are strong and have a voice that carries authority. Do you know that? Do you know that your voice carries authority? Do you know that when you walk in a room because you're a child of the King, your voice carries authority, that His name, Jesus, is above all other names everything, everything you face, his name is higher, his name is greater, his name is over and his name is love. So if you're walking in with anything but love, then back out, back in with love because Jesus, his name is higher above and before. And so we walk meekly in this earth. We walk meekly and we serve because our King served and we follow him and we submit to him in his name and we do what he asks when he asks. I'm going to pray. Father God, thank you that you are love. It's who you are. Thank you that you showed us in your word a way to live and a walk and walk that was countercultural and that that's still countercultural today. God, we can learn from you, but not only can we learn from you, we've got you. Holy Spirit, you are within us and we are your children, Father, and we can walk in your footsteps. And so I pray for those people here feeling insignificant and unimportant and without a voice, no more, because you are a child of the King and your voice matters and you've got a voice that this world needs to hear. And if you're walking, walked in here today full of self-importance, get on your knees before the King. Get on your knees before him and ask him to humble your heart and ask him, are you walking in love? Jesus, I pray for this church that we will be a body of people that walks in meekness, humility, gentleness and servitude to our community, to each other and that we walk in love and that the words that come from our mouths are love and we speak your truth and we speak your name over whatever situations we're in. Jesus, thank you for who you are. We love you so, so much. Amen.